I'm going to read from Romans chapter 8, starting at verse 14. For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear, but you have received a spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. Thank you, Simon. Can you all hear me okay? Yep, great. Hello and good evening to you all. I hope you had a lovely weekend. Uh, firstly, before I start, I'd like to thank you all for coming to listen to Matt Carr and I instead of staying home to watch the cricket, the Formula One, or the tennis. We really appreciate your, really appreciate your, um, your efforts in that, in that regard. So um, for those of you whose paths I haven't crossed yet, my name is Josh. Uh, I moved to Oxford last summer with my wife, and we really enjoy getting to know you and kind of becoming more of a part of the All Dates family over the last year. Um, as we've heard, the reading today is Romans chapter 8, verses 14 to 17, and they're some of my favorite verses of the Bible, and I'm excited to try to explain why. So it was a tough life to be an orphan in ancient Rome. Not to start things off on a downer, but there are several accounts of, I shouldn't be laughing, but there are several accounts of babies being eaten by wolves. So if your parents didn't, or more likely couldn't, keep you in the family, your prospects weren't great. However, thankfully, adoption was common. And your parents often drop their kids off in a kind of central market square um, with hopes of being adopted by a passing rich person. But even then, the, you know, even if that did happen, the Romans were cruel. Um, once adopted, you could end up as what the Romans called a delicia, where you were intended to be used only as a toy on the estates, uh, or for even worse purposes. The double whammy of being rejected by your parents, being alone, alone, lost, and afraid in a city of around one million people at that time, only for society to treat you like nothing more than a toy, must have been physically and mentally crush crushing, particularly when the average life expectancy of the Roman Empire was only 22 to 33 years old. And I've already used up a big chunk of that, and I'm 25. So. But Roman society just placed no value on the head of an orphan. So thankfully, the world and society has changed a lot since then. Or has it? I don't know about you, but there are times in my life where I too have felt lost, afraid, and alone. Even though I was lucky enough to grow up with a mum and dad to look after me, a younger brother to play football outside and be kind of duff in, and a roof to sleep under, and even a few PlayStations. You know? so, so why do I feel the same as a Roman orphan if my life looks completely unrecognizable to the life of one? We all begin our spiritual lives as orphans, lost, isolated, alone, trying to navigate our way through life. But we're subject, often subject to the exploitation of society and often shaped by its values. But, thankfully, there is someone who's willing to take us off of the street and bring us into his family. Jesus of Nazareth was a carpenter who lived in the first century and had an extraordinary life. He healed the sick, he gave to the poor, and he ate with the excluded. He didn't sit at the high table and mock the unfortunate from afar, but he came alongside people and loved them. He invited people into his family before being tragically tortured and crucified on a cross, only to rise from the dead three days later, claiming an eternal victory over sin and death. Through Jesus' sacrificial death on the cross, 
The unwanted, unloved, and unvalued orphan is adopted into God's family. And in verse 15, Paul writes that now they have, they can cry out, Abba, Father, which is Aramaic for our father. I've been adopted to sonship, so I can cry out, my father. And maybe sometimes it might be easy for us to think of Jesus being able to relate to the father with this joyful confidence. But maybe we think that we're disqualified from it. However, if we believe in Jesus, we can remember that we are in Christ. And we have the privilege of being able to relate to the Father, even as Jesus does. So under Roman adoption, the life and societal view of the adopted child changed completely. The adopted child lost all of the old uh, rights to his old family and gained all new rights in this new family. The old life of the adopted child was completely wiped, wiped out all debts being cancelled, and nothing from their past counted against them anymore. Family brings a sense of belonging. As we just sung, you father the orphan, your kindness makes us whole. To be a part of the family of God means we are accepted for who we are, loved, cherished, celebrated, and fully forgiven. Biblical scholar D.A. Carson says that a Christian is one who has been adopted by God, brought into the family of God, all by the Son of God, and this changes everything. Through the Holy Spirit, we become more deeply connected to our brothers and sisters in Christ than anyone else, even our earthly families. And we all share in a spiritual unity through our new Father, God. Our faith fuels our confidence, it directs our steps, and it guards our hearts as we live and journey with Jesus each and every day. So now the orphan is loved, they're wanted, they're valued by not only their family, but by rest, the rest of society. All of their deepest fears and anxieties have been taken away, and their wildest dreams have come true. They can sleep in a warm, comfortable bed. They can eat, sit and eat at the table with their family, and they can feel safe and protected with a roof over their head. Now you may be thinking, what a lovely end to the story. Like the ugly duckling, the orphan's no longer lost, they found a family. And you would be right, the orphan does find a family. But that isn't the end of the story. In fact, instead of ending it there, God does something completely unbelievable. He makes this orphan an heir to his kingdom. And this is so much more than the orphan that uh, deserves. It's hard to put into context how absurd it is. I mean, Paul writes in verse 17 that the Father, who is king over all of creation, elevates us to sit alongside his son, Jesus Christ, as co-heirs to his universal throne. Isn't that crazy? And take a second to think about how completely countercultural and how, how generous that is. Imagine an orphan who is unwanted, unloved, and unvalued uh, being adopted from the market square in the center of Rome and into the royal emperor's family. You know, as Matt said, that's what happened to Augustus. You only imagine what he felt like. Or to a more current or relatable example, into the house of Windsor. And this child isn't adopted to be left on the, in the periphery of the royal family, only to be conducting minor royal engagements with the, you know, the, the kind of tasks and duties that no one else wants. But they're standing next to Queen Elizabeth on the balcony at uh, Buckingham Palace, waving to the nation on the Mall as part of the immediate family. When you choose to believe in Christ, you are not only welcomed into his family, but you become an heir of his kingdom. And what does this mean? Well, it means that we're not, we don't only know God as our intimate, relational, and kind Father, 
but we also get to know him as our almighty, sovereign, and just king. And it may seem like the, two, the nature of these two relationships are diametrically opposed, but through the Holy Spirit, we are actually able to relate to the same God in two completely different but equally beautiful ways. So perhaps you've had a tough meeting at work this week. Maybe you got some challenging feedback for an assignment. As his child, God will come alongside us to soothe our hearts and comfort us, immediately reassuring us of his faithfulness and refreshing our souls for tomorrow. But as his co-heir, God reminds us that he is sovereign, that he's working things, all things for our good in accordance with his great plan for our lives. The comforting, comforting intimacy of the Father brings us down to our foundations to keep us stable and grounded in our faith. And the spectacular wonder of the King takes us up to the heavens to keep our faith growing and inspired. So as I draw to a close, I'd like to, all, I'd like to ask all of you here one question. Which of these relationships come more naturally to you? Do you find it easier to be comforted as a child of the Father or to be inspired as a co-heir of the King? Two different relationships. One beautiful God. Amen.